0: Amen, amen. You may be seated. Hey, it's so good to see you and to be God's people together. I know we've got several families out. I know we've got some checking in online. And before we get too far into it, I'll invite you to turn to Psalm 134 in the middle of your Bible. And before we get too much further, I want to tell you the headline. In our church, as um, one of the things that's the most special things about the neighborhood church, who's five years old now, is the significant relationship we have with several kingdom partners. We're uh, blessed to be the sending church of a missionary family in Northern Ireland. We are blessed to have a long-standing partnership with a ministry in El Paso and Juarez, and We are also blessed to be a supporter and dear friend of Pastor Roman Popov, who does all different kinds of work with discipleship groups and communities uh, all throughout Russia and Central Asia. And so if you are a part of our Facebook uh, member group, you would have seen a post about an accident that he had. And it was the afternoon... Before he was set to leave first thing Friday. Every time Ramon comes into the states, he always comes in through Dallas and he always leaves through Dallas, so that we can spend some time together and connect with some folks here in our part of the world. And one of the things we love to do is to play and just kind of have some fun there. So he uh, was spending the afternoon with Robert and Caravan, and on Thursday they were going to make their way back to my place that evening. And uh, he wasn't doing anything crazy, but because they live in the country, they were navigating a muddy uh, area with a four-wheeler, and he lost control and struck a tree. And he broke his femur, he broke his clavicle, and he chewed up his face a pretty good bit. And so he was flighted to a hospital, and when we saw him there on Thursday, uh after he says, hello, brother, he says, I guess my sabbatical is going to start a little bit early. So I was actually very relieved to hear him joking. The timing we need to work on, uh, Brother Rahman, but uh, it was really uh, reassuring to see him. And so to spend the next couple days with him, he had a successful surgery. No problems with the procedure, no problems with the anesthesia. And today, Robert was with him uh, in the morning, and he took his first steps. mere 12 hours after getting a rod here in his femur. So he is walking. He's been connecting with his family. And so we just praise God and celebrate that he is getting him through this weekend and got him through the surgery so safely. So thank you, church, for praying and we can clap. We are a clapping church. Yes and amen. We are long standing friends uh, of Ramon's, and uh, he'll be staying a little bit longer with us. We'll see how those next steps go. But first, we asked this church to pray, and you prayed, and we're grateful for that. So I just wanted to start off the top giving you an update on our dear brother. Ramon. Also, within our sermon, I guess because I was preparing this in the hospital with him, uh, I have two Raman illustrations I'll work in, uh, because I guess just looking at my dear Russian brother, I thought, well, here's some illustrations as we look at Psalm 134. So, if you've been following along in our series, Psalms for the Journey, you'll know that these 15 songs or Psalms of Ascent here toward the end of the whole book of Psalms, they were songs that were literally sung by pilgrims making their way to the temple to worship God in Jerusalem. And these pilgrims are like us because we are on a journey through twists and turns and four-wheelers and trees and highs and lows. But if our feet and our face are set toward God, we know that these songs can help encourage us through all of life's twists and turns. And we have looked at this album, this record, and this is the closing track. This is the 15th Song of Ascent. And it's Psalm 134. And it's short and sweet. And it pulls in elements from other psalms. It pulls in phrases from the tracks that came before it. And we're going to read this brief Closing blessing as the album track finishes. So here are the words of Psalm 134. Tonight I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Yours may look a little bit different, but it'll be on the screen for you. Let's look. A Song of Ascents. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place, And bless the Lord. May the Lord, Maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. This is the Word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Just a short and sweet little album closer. But because we've been talking about road trips, these are songs sung on the road, I want to tell you about a road trip that Amy and I took almost 10 years ago. It was when Amy was pregnant with our first child, Emma, who is desperately wanting a ring pop, and now she's wondering, should she have sat in the sound booth upstairs? But before we welcomed little Emma into the world, Amy and I looked up and we were like, whoa, we should probably like do a trip or something. And because we were broke, we could get as far as Tyler, Texas. And you might say, well, why Tyler? Well, We had some friends there, we had a campground that was going to let us stay in a place and spend a day kind of on the lake, and we thought it would be restful, we could kind of get our head around it. But why, Tyler, the biggest reason is sometimes it's worth just getting out of your zip code to get your head right. You with me on this? How many of you have taken a road trip or a day trip for the sole purpose of just getting out of the zip code a little bit? Yes, a hearty amen from Bill. We were doing this because we realized that the end of one journey in some sense was coming. And the beginning of a brand new one was right around the corner. We went to chill, to talk, to pray, and to literally journal some thoughts and prayers to this little one we were hoping to meet soon. But it was a road trip that grounded us and sent us home different than when we came. We were able to create a little bit of space and the journey there and the encounter we had sent us back different with a different perspective. You might even say some fresh eyes to face the next leg of the journey. I'm going to give you one big idea, two practices. And I told you I'll work in a couple Ramon stories as well. Here's our big idea. Our encounter with God today energizes our journey tomorrow. You'll see a couple questions there, but I'm going to save those for later. For now, I want you to understand that the road trip that we've undertaken, I hope has grounded us has helped us talk and cry and get our heads around this crazy journey. But more than that, I hope we leave different than when we came. I hope that having made this journey two hours out of the zip code or 15 songs later, we're going to leave back home with a set of fresh eyes and a different perspective to face the next leg of the journey. Our encounter with God today energizes our journey tomorrow. Let's jump back. The Psalms for the journey, the songs of ascent, began with the song of lament. Y'all know what the word lament means? It means what Justin was doing here a moment ago. Hmm. This was a a, a brooding and like minor key tense song opener that says, I'm a long way from home, but God, if You'll have me, I'm coming back. I'm a long way from home with people who don't know God, but I'm going to set my feet and my face on the journey. And it starts in a minor key. Do you know what a minor key is? It's that sad key. One of our series, uh, sermons in the series, we had Kelly even play the difference. It's the sad chord. But the song at the end is the major key. It's the happy chord. It ends not with a sad lament, but with Sidney's expression of joy and happiness. Because something has been found in the encounter at their destination of the temple in worship that is going to send them different than when they came. The Psalms of Ascent began with a song of lament from someone who realizes they're a long way from God. But Psalm 134 closes the album with a song of blessing over the pilgrims who realize that God is going with them as this one journey ends and the journey home begins again. Let me try to just tie all this back because I'm trying to also tie up the whole series. This out of your zip code Road trip. Haven't you gone home feeling differently? Have you? Do you know this feeling? This is the song, the psalm for you. And it's all rooted around this one little word that will guide us through the rest of our time. And it's the word to bless. If you go back and look in your psalm 134, There's three verses, and in each verse you get a bless. Do you see that? If you're looking at your phone or your Bible, you see the call to worship that says, come, bless God. And then it ends with, may God bless you. Bless is all over this little psalm. But you know who else is all over this little psalm? There's another word that's Five times in three verses. If you're looking at it, I see a couple of you looking down at your phone or your Bible. What is the word that shows up at least five times giving blessing a run for its money? Starts with an L in English. Lord. Blessing. Lord. I love what Walter Brueggemann says. Blessing is the power to grow and live fully in the world. And is possible because of what? The divine presence. Blessing is the power to grow and live fully or flourish in the world that God has made. And it's possible when you're connected to the source. You can have bless, 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 Because you have Lord, 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 Lord. If God is the ocean, the water we're swimming in is one of blessing. And what God loves to do is to just let us drink deeply of His life and love and generosity. And that's what we mean when we say, God bless you. What we're saying is, may God fill you, surround you, soak you in His good and beautiful life. If God is the ocean, blessing is the water we're swimming in. And when we say bless you, we're invoking that life onto another. But what do we mean when we say bless God? Have you ever wondered about that? Lord willing, in a few moments, I'm going to sing a song with you all that starts with, bless the Lord. That's from the words of Psalm 103. And you're like, wait a minute. I'm cool with saying God bless you. Not just when you sneeze. But what does it mean to bless God? Well, there are two Hebrew words. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And the two Hebrew words for blessing, one of them in this has the root word to kneel. We'll look at a slide that can unpack a little bit of this word and what it might mean to bless God. You with me? So if the root word here is to kneel, we bless God, which means what? We kneel in recognition of the source of life, love, and goodness. We get that, right? If we are to bless God, Now, if we have this understanding that it means to kneel, it means to say, Oh, I see the source from whom all blessings flow. So what we're doing is returning this idea that Any life or love or goodness or money in my bank is a blessing from you, so I'm going to kneel in recognition. I'm going to bless your name and say thanks because I know it's come from you. Do you understand this? It's the reason why we see in verse 1, come, bless God. All you servants, you worship leaders, lift up your hands, which is a sign of prayer or blessing. And let's make sure that we know the source from whom all of this comes from. Come, you've got reasons to sing. Whether you know it or not, so we need to get everybody together. Come, bless God. Do you know that the neighborhood church has a liturgy? Raise your hand if you've heard that word, liturgy. It's most often used in Catholic churches or Orthodox churches or even Episcopal or Anglican churches. A liturgy is a word that's fancy that basically just means the work of the people. The work that we do together. But in Christian circles, it means the kind of form in the Mass or the little red books that you see in the back of some churches that tell you, read this, kneel this, do that, pray this. You with me on that? Now I'll ask you again, do you know that the neighborhood church has a liturgy? How do we start all of our services? It's a what? The call to worship. The first word we had in our call to worship this evening, Kristen, was come. We're gathering the people together and reminding each other we have reasons to sing. And then just like Psalm 134, we get the worship leaders together and we say, hey, lift up your hands to pray and to bless, to lead, and to sing. You with me on this? Now, what's the last thing we do at the neighborhood church? If the first thing we do is the call to worship, the last thing is the benediction. Benediction means a good word. It's the word that says, if God is the ocean, blessing is the water you're swimming in, and I'm going to invoke and invite God, to keep drenching you as you leave this place and go out into the world soaked in the goodness and blessing of God. I want to pronounce a good word on you. It's the benediction. Verse 3 illustrates what it means for God to kneel to us. Did you notice this? Verse 3 says, May God bless you. Have you ever thought of such a crazy thing that God might actually kneel to us? What in your Bibles or in theology would lead you to believe God would do something as crazy as to kneel to humanity? What's an example or an instance, maybe the biggest instance you can think of? When He became man. When He literally This God-man, Jesus, literally knelt down to wash feet. Here's my first Ramon story. Ramon works in places of the world that are newly Christian. And they're understanding what it looks like to follow Jesus. And the thing about following Jesus as we talked about last week is you got to do it with others. It's a team sport. And so... We're learning in these new Christian communities that there's some baggage we bring into the community when it comes to gender roles. And what that means is sometimes in certain cultures and in certain places, women aren't as respected as the men are. This is no news flash to us. This is just how it is. And it's not even rooted in some kind of toxicity a lot of times. It's just the way it went and they learned it. And so what's happening is in these Christian communities, they're trying to unlearn it in the sense of valuing everyone as an image bearer of God. Let me explain how a little kneeling changed someone's life. Her mom was working with a group of people and one of the exercises that they did was they would have a person sit in the center of a circle and the people would surround this person and this person happened to be a woman and she was newly learning about Jesus and following Jesus and people would come and they would bless her and they would uh, put their hands on her shoulder and pray a prayer that God loves them and that she's a child of God and it's remarkable. And Rahman, I don't know if he felt compelled to do this or it was just the most comfortable thing to do, but he knelt down in front of her, and he just put his hand on her shoulder, and he prayed a simple prayer over her, but he was actually under her. Do you see what I'm saying? He was knelt down. Three months go by. He's long since left that part of the world. And he receives a communication from this woman that told him how that moment changed her life. And Rahman had to go back and think, but she said, it's how you would ask how we feel or it's how you would ask how, what we thought about a certain situation. It wasn't just that. It was the fact that I've never had a man simply kneel down before me but I felt the love of the Father in that moment, and it brought me closer to God than I've ever felt. And it wasn't because Rahman had the coolest presentation, and it wasn't because Rahman like, had the slickest like, uh, way of speaking. He just simply knelt, and the posture itself showed what love looked like. And this was remarkable because God kneels to us all the time. Not just Jesus who puts on flesh and blood and moves into our neighborhood and works with the people that nobody else wanted to work with. He would put anybody in the circle and touch them and bless them and love them and show them their value. And it wasn't just in John 13 when He knelt down to wash their feet. It's the way that God is still with you each and every moment. When you don't want to do this for that boss and you feel completely neglected by those who you give so much to, and especially when you feel like you're in the hospital, and this is the worst has happened, and this is crazy, can you dare to believe that God is even kneeling alongside you in those moments to give you what you need to have just enough grace to make it through to the next step? If there's anything else I'm trying to convey to you. It's the reality that the big, ultimate God of heaven and earth, as the Psalm says, is kneeling down in your midst when you're changing diapers. And so the practice for us is to recognize this as blessing and then to return it back to God As we kneel down and say, thank you for kneeling to me and entering into my everyday space and everyday life. Psalm 134 is the simple and straightforward call to recognize God's blessing and to bless God in return. If you like the word receive better, you could say that. Your practice this week is to receive the good things God has given and then say, I realize who this is from. Some of you have started gratitude journals because we can get so aimless on our journey that we forget to say, thank you God from whom all blessings flow. And it helps us cultivate an awareness with fresh eyes on the next leg of our journey to say, I saw you kneeling with me in that moment. Our gathered space trains us in this moment to go out and recognize the fingerprints of God in those moments. Because life can be a lot different at home and in your office than it is with all God's people singing and blessing one another here. Amen? But God is with you just as much there as He is here. And when it's harder to pay attention, there is what He's trying to grow in you and form in you. And that's why we talk about it in here. Are you with me? Practices are these, to recognize God's blessing and then to bless God in return. That's how the encounter here can energize our tomorrow. Because you're going to hear me say, like I do every week, hey, where are those spaces that you can recognize God's work? How can you create space this week where you can recognize God's work? That's what we do here, and the hope is that we all go out and do it out there. When we say, hey, have you received good news that Jesus has said yes to you and that he's inviting you into life to flourish, to blessing? And when you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now let's all get out there and let's go tell somebody else you're actually more valuable than you realize. And there's a life that's more abundant than you ever imagined. This is the task. So as we bring this down to a close with these practices to go out, that Psalm 134 calls us to, I want to say my second Raman story, and then I want to end with a couple questions that will help us recognize and return to be knelt to and to kneel back. Here's my Raman story number two. I had a portrait that was painted by my great aunt Bee that has gone to be with the Lord. Do you see it here? I had a picture taken and put up here because it's actually now with my mom. But for a while I had it hanging in my office in our old house. And so Ramon was in there one day and he noticed it. And I told, yeah, this is my great aunt BG. She was a great painter. She did this. I said, I really love it. But I just wish I had some story to go with it. Because she painted this like long before I was born. It's kind of always been in my family, but I wish I had like some story so when guys from Russia come, I can be like, this was actually painted by, um, you know, I wish I had a story. So Ramon says, hey, pastor, how about this? A musician always tunes his instrument before he plays. He said, Pastor, when you see this every single morning, would you be reminded to get your life in tune before you go and make music throughout the day? I probably said it way better than he did just now, but that was the point he was trying to make. A musician always tunes his instrument before he plays. And I never forgot that, even though It's not in my room now. There are mornings when I think, dude, did I really get this thing in tune? Is my life really in tune with the waters of blessing and flourishing? The other word for blessing is not just to kneel. It's that this is the water you're swimming in. The other word to bless in Hebrew is Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who walks in the ways of the Lord, who has his life in tune with the frequencies of heaven. So our encounter with God today, I hope, is something that helps you get tuned for your week. But it's up to us to get out the door and go make music that sounds like Jesus and the kingdom of God. Our encounter today energizes our journey for tomorrow. The reason this closes the album of the songs of ascent, the psalms of the journey, is so that you might be blessed, that you might experience the kneeling of God, so that you can go back different than where you came. And the task is to have fresh eyes to recognize and return His blessings. So I'll ask you these questions as we close. How will you create space and bless God this week? To help you illustrate that, what are you going to do tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, on your drive home or on your drive to or in the quiet moments with coffee to get your mind and your heart and your life in tune? On our website, There's a tab that says sermons and resources. And if you scroll down past the sermons, there are little PDF things that are some good sheet music to get you jamming in prayer and in reflection. So what are you going to do to create space to kneel to Him? The second question, how will you create space and receive God's blessing this week? This is a little trickier. So I heard this morning on an app, a podcast I love called Pray As You Go. Every Saturday they do what's called an examine. And what you do is you go back and look at your week and you examine the spaces and places where you felt really near to God. And then you look at the places you felt pretty far from God. And the question they asked this morning was super concrete and I loved it. And it was basically this. Hey, where were three really good moments in your week? And then it says... Stop and thank God for them right now. Because if I asked you, what was like the worst part of your week? You say, oh man, I mean, let's just start with just right now. I mean, this, this, this is. But how many people say like, give me the top three of your week. But let's go a step further and let's actually recognize and receive that that was a gift. Because as this week has shown one of our dear brothers, things don't always go as planned. Amen? So how will you create space and journal and reflect and receive God's blessing this week? Those are the two I'll leave for you as homework. But before we begin, can you do something for me? How do we bless God now? Can someone say, what are we blessing God for now? And I'm going to make my way back here as we do communion and songs, so I'm going to put this down. I'd love if you could say or type, what is something that you are kneeling down and saying, God, I bless you for? What is it?